Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Hey, we're so thankful that you're here today. You look great. You sound great. We're just, we're so thankful that you would choose to spend part of your Sunday with us any given Sunday, but especially on a holiday weekend. We know there's a lot of other things that you could be doing, but uh, the fact that you would choose to spend part of your Sunday and this weekend here with us at Generations Church, we're so thankful for that, especially if it's your first, second, or third time to be with us. And if it is your first, second, or third visit, we would love to just put a gift in your hand to say thanks for being here with us. So all we ask you to do is fill out the connection card that should be in the seat back in front of you. If you're on the front row, maybe on the seat back right behind you there. And just fill that out. Take it to the information center in the lobby uh, at some point today on your way out, and we'll give you a free gift. On your first visit, you get a gift card. On your second visit, you get a little travel coffee mug. And then on the third visit, you get a comfy t-shirt. And so we just want to say thank you for being here with us. And uh, if you're real kind of here and you normally attend here and you've been here for a little while, you may have noticed that our team did a great job leading worship today. They did. They always do a great job. But Pastor Connor, who normally leads worship for us and with us and leads this team, he's not here today because he got married yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So he and Emily got married yesterday and uh, just had a great time, uh, I know. And they're gone all week. I tried to convince him to be back to church today, and he just wouldn't do it. But uh, so today, they're, they're on their honeymoon. They'll be there all week. He'll be back with us next Sunday. And if you haven't had a chance to meet Emily, his wife now, uh, she's just a, an amazing young lady. We'd love for you to meet her next week. Uh, we love this couple already, and so we're thankful that God brought them to Generations Church. But our team did a great job leading worship today, so we're thankful for them and their hearts for worship. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we love to do here is to help you take next steps in your spiritual journey. So a couple things we want to let you know about. First of all, next week is our next version of Discovery Track. So June the 5th, if you haven't already registered to be a part of that, we believe that you were created on purpose for a purpose. And we want to help you to discover that purpose and really figure out a way to take the purpose that God has placed in your life and utilize it to make a difference in the lives of other people. And so next week begins that next journey. Uh, it's a three-step process. So we'd love for you to go to our website or go to the Church Center app and register to be a part of Discovery Track beginning in June. Uh, and then we also want to let you know, if you've got kids in our G Kids ministry, and maybe perhaps they just completed fifth grade, next Sunday, Pastor Madeline and our G Kids ministry is going to honor them with our fifth grade graduation. I've got one of these. I did not cry the other day. It was just dusty in the school. I don't know what happened, but they didn't. It was really dusty. And no, absolutely. I, I cry all the time. I'm a crier, right? Are you a, if you're a crier, raise your hand. You're a crier. If you're not a crier, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what is broken on the end? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But if you got a fifth grader, we'd love to honor them in our G Kids ministry next week. So go to the website, go to the Church Center app, register your fifth grader. There's some questions there that you can answer that would help Pastor Madeline and the team be able to honor them well. Um, and so we need you to do that today, if you would. That would just help us to get all the information that we need for this coming week. And then coming up in just a few weeks on July the 1st, everybody say July 1st. It's our first annual Generations Church golf tournament, right? So last week, Garrett told you, he was up here, he was making this announcement. He said, unless, you know, if you're Tiger Woods or you hit it in the woods, like we want you to play in this golf tournament. But if you're not a golfer uh, and you want to help sponsor, there's a number of sponsorship opportunities. You can actually go to generationsgolf.com and register or click there for some information about sponsorships. All of the proceeds of this golf tournament will be a part of our Legacy Makers Fund. But what we're going to do specifically with the proceeds of this event is we're going to sponsor 
uh, a young man that is uh, connected to the ministry of our missions partner in Southeast Asia, Johnny Moore. There's a young man in the Philippines, and we're going to sponsor him to be able to go to college. So this pays for room and board and all of his books and even his transportation to get to school there in the Philippines. Uh, he, he was uh, vetted kind of through their ministry, nominated to be a part of, of receiving this. And so um, we're so thankful that we would get to invest in him. And so we would love to raise as much money as possible and maybe raise enough to sponsor a second student to be able to go to college. So we'd love to have you go get more information, generationsgolf.com. Register a team if your business or maybe the place that you work would like to be a sponsor. We're going to recognize all, all of our sponsors in a variety of ways. But just please help us with that. It's going to be a really, really great event. We want you to be a part of that. And then next Sunday, I am thrilled to start a brand new series called Summer Stories. It's going to be a summer-long look. We're looking at stories from Scripture, stories that Jesus told that I believe are going to be, for some of us, life-transforming. And my hope is that you'll join us every week during the summer. But if you got a vacation or you got something that's going to keep you out one week, you'll be here every week that you can and you'll catch up on the weeks that you miss online. Uh, but I'm excited next week to kick this series off. It's a series that I've been preparing for, studying for now for really a couple weeks, but even a couple months looking at this series. And so I'm thrilled to, to kick that off next week. But today is a really great day for our church. It's one of my favorite Sundays all year long. And uh, we call it Communicator Sunday. And so when we talk about Communicator Sunday, we do this two times a year, every single year. We do it on Memorial Day weekend. We do it on Labor Day weekend. It's an opportunity for you to hear from some of the folks within our church. So what I believe, the name of our church, Generations Church, it, it's, it's that you have to possess faith personally before you can pass it on. We believe in passing faith on to the next generation and to those that are around you and in your sphere of influence. But you can't pass something on that you don't first possess. If you think about a relay race or Olympians that run a four by whatever, they can't pass on a baton that they haven't first held themselves. We believe that you and I have to possess faith for ourselves. And, and as we think about that, we all recognize that each of us has a story. If you, my, my pastor used to say, he used to say, if you don't have a Jesus story, you're a Jesus story in the making. And so we believe that you have a Jesus story. It's either it feels completed, it feels like it's nearing completion, or maybe it feels like it's just beginning, but each of us has a story. And so today you're going to get to hear from some of the folks within our church family, and you may hear their specific story. You may hear something that, that God has used in their life through scripture to really help them to grasp a, a topic, a thought, a theological idea that's helped them in their relationship with Christ, but also something that they believe that the Lord would have them to share today. Each of these five, which I'm going to introduce in just a second, uh, they were prayerfully selected for this day and they have prepared, they have sent in notes, they've stood on this stage and they've preached it to an empty room. And uh, man, it's, it's going to be really, really great. I've heard all of these and, and I'm thankful for their heart. I'll come back at the end and kind of bring us back together. But I, what I want to do is I want to introduce all five of them now, okay? So I'm going to ask them all to stand. They'll stay standing. And then if you're in the room, you're going to be able to see them. If you're watching online today, welcome to you, but you're not going to see them until they take the stage. But I'm going to introduce all five of them now so that you can kind of know who's sharing today. So first we have Miss Portia Walker. Absolutely. Next we have Brent Holcomb. It's, it's like, I'm not sure Brent was right here and now he's here. I'm not, we're all tripping out a little bit. Next is going to be Cooper Isaacs. He's not going to play on the drums. He's actually going to come out in a second. Then we have Miss Allison Matson, And then we have Mr. Ken Summers. And here's what I want you to know. 
I believe that the Lord has helped each of these five individuals to prepare something that will help all of us grow in our faith journey. Maybe through hearing their story, you connect to a portion of that and it really impacts your story. Maybe, maybe hearing the scriptures and the thoughts that they would share that may not specifically come from their story, but come out of their journey in relationship with Christ. That maybe it's something that challenges you and maybe changes you in the journey that you're on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for our time, pray for them, pray that the Lord would open our hearts and open our minds, and then we'll jump right in. I'm encouraging you, pay attention, maybe take some notes, jot some things down, and ask the Lord how he may have their messages to speak to our hearts today. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for Communicator Sunday. Lord, I thank you for the messages that we're about to hear. I thank you for these five individuals. I thank you for their hearts. God, I thank you for the preparation and the things that they've done to get them to this moment. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds to receive everything that you have for us today. And Lord, we pray that when we leave this place in just a few minutes, that we will be challenged and changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I don't want you to do this. Put your hands together and welcome our first speaker, Ms. Portia Walker. Jeremy talks about being a crier because I'm a crier. So y'all just be prepared and I have my tissues. So this is my testimony, but the more I think about it, it's mine and JR's testimony. So many things have happened in our lives. We were both raised in the church of God. We didn't know another church. We didn't know that there was another faith out there other than church of God, his family and my family. When the doors were open, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival, singings, we had no choice. We went to church. So as a young adult, I went to church with my friends, but slowly drifted away. I got married when I was 20, got divorced six years later, and I was not in the church, but I'd go on special occasions, Mother's Day, Christmas, you know, all the things that, you know, we do. So Mother would say, you need to get back in church, and she would pray that we'd find our way back to church. I met Jesus. Oh, I met Jesus. I met Jesus. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I met JR at the bowling alley. We were on the bowling league together. And he was also raised in the Church of God, the same church I was raised in, but he went there years before I did. Tell me that's not faith. Um, we got married less than a year later when we met. We were busy with the kids, with the grandkids, with Little League, with high school baseball, with college baseball, and spending most of the time with them on the weekend. So we didn't have time to go to church. So we were married 25 years before we started looking for a church. And we realized something was missing in our lives. We needed to get back into church. It was so strong and so heavy on my heart, I would just... I would just cry because I knew something was missing. And we knew that our mothers were praying. We knew that they wanted us to find a church. They wanted us to start living that Christian life again. So we talked about finding a church, and I talked with my friend Bobby and Mike, who is here today, thank you, that we needed to find a church. And we went to their church. We tried that. It wasn't for us. And then my sister told me about Mount Perrin North, which that's where she goes, was planning a church in Canton. And so we started going there. And the first time we attended, it was at the high school, and it was the first Christmas play, which Cooper Isaacs was the lead role. He was seven, 
eight at the most, but he was amazing. We went home and we decided we'd go back, and then we found our church. Mom and Dad, the whole family, my aunts, my uncles, they were so thrilled that we had found a church to attend. And thank goodness we did. Because in 2014, we'd been going to the church for about a year, Jared decided he would uh, get up on top of a roof, and then he fell through. We didn't know if he was going to live. He was in the hospital for two weeks. And let me tell you, if I didn't know what faith was then, I did. I found it. I found God. I prayed like I had never prayed before. And so many other people were praying. Our church, people across the nation, our friends, our family, that JR would make it. And he did. And I prayed to God, just give him back to me. I didn't care how he was. I didn't care what was going on with him. I just wanted him. So my Jesus was there, and he gave me peace that I'd never known. He gave me strength, and he gave me back JR. It was nine years ago. And we've been through so much. We've rededicated our lives. So I want to tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus led me to JR. My Jesus led me to this church. My Jesus gives me strength when we need it. My Jesus walks with us when we're tired. My Jesus has been there to heal our grief. My Jesus gives us compassion. My Jesus provides for us. My Jesus has never forsaken us. And I challenge every one of you here today to tell me about your Jesus. morning. My name is Brent Holcomb. Um, you probably see me playing various instruments and stuff on the stage if you've been here for a little bit. Uh, my family and I have been coming here regularly a few months before COVID. So like late 2000, gosh, the years are kind of crazy. Is that 18 before COVID? 19 was COVID, right? And um, this morning, I've taken a 45-minute sermon and can just sit down to 5 to 30 minutes. We'll see how it goes, right? <laughs> um, has anybody ever heard or said, don't judge me? Yep. You don't have to tell me which one it was. We don't have to know that. Um, we've all heard it, right? But has anyone ever asked, what does that actually mean? Like, what am I saying or what is that person saying to me? Or what did I hear that person say to that other person who just said something possibly mean or whatnot to them, what does it actually mean? In Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, Jesus says, and I think they, yep, we got it up, do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, the log is in your eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. A little harsh, right? 
the measure that you use will be used on you. So imagine this as kind of that measurement, right? Um, you could say it's Jesus. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he measured up, and then he sacrificed that life one last time, one last sacrifice for all of us to receive salvation. We can't measure up to this measurement like he can. None of us can. Seems pretty clear what Jesus said. But then you look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training and righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Now, wait a minute. We just read Jesus' words saying, don't judge people. But now we have Paul saying, hey, use the word of God, this measurement. It's great for teaching, rebuking, correction. Did we find the conflicts? No. Context is a great thing in Scripture. It's like the best thing, right? we got to take Scripture in context. Now, when Scripture was written, the authors that were physically writing this didn't say, okay, this is the second letter to Timothy that's going to be in the Bible. So this is 2 Timothy. And we're in chapter 13, and I'm going to make this sentence verse 16. That's not what happened, right? It was a flow. It was a whole thing written out like a piece of uh, literature that we would read today. There's a flow. There's a context to what you're reading. You can't just open a book point to a random sentence and know what the author's saying from that one sentence. So let's go a little farther. Chapter 4 actually starts after this. And Paul continues, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-5, through 5, I solemnly exhort you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, the actual judge, right? And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and exhort, with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, use self-restraint in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So it didn't just stop at use this measuring stick to compare it to people and tell them what they're doing wrong. There's some instruction there. He had to watch as people decided to falter and to fall away from his ministry and go after things that he knew was wrong. He had to be patient with it and endure it and go through hardship. He couldn't go after them with this. He had to continue his ministry. So often, we like to turn this measurement into a weapon against each other. It happens. All of us have probably done it. It's not supposed to be against each other. You're not supposed to smack people on top of the head with the word of God and say, you're doing bad. That's not what he's saying. Strike yourself? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we, we can read it. It's in black and white. We know. But we're not supposed to strike each other. Judgment is a heart issue. Did we see Jesus go out for the conflict? Did he go out and seek people that didn't agree with him and sit there and debate them and tell them why they were wrong? No. Does it happen? Yeah. They came to him. 
If you read the Gospels, they came to him and asked him questions, and he spoke truth. We're called to speak truth. Now, what about unbelievers? It's really easy for us to point a finger at that, right? They don't believe. But let me tell you something. It's really hard to take a measurement that you can't even measure up to and apply that to somebody who does not even subscribe to that mentality and say, you are wrong. Jesus didn't do that either. Again, they always came to him. He spoke truth. They took it as they took it. If you look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, the very next verse after what we just read in the beginning, do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before pigs or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, that's kind of some harsh wordage for non-believers and if it was a 45-minute sermon, we could probably dissect that, right? But what he's saying is, is the non-believers, they know enough about this measurement that they can turn around and come at you with it and cut you. Have you ever noticed that? And maybe not you, but the church as a whole. They know shortcomings that we have, the church as a whole have. They know. They know what some of this says, if not all of it. We have to mimic Jesus in this. We can't go looking for those conflicts that sets us up to be cut back by somebody else. So, what is judging? What is loving? That is the difference between judging your neighbor and loving your neighbor. Thank you. All right, I guess I got to lower this. I'm not that tall. So, hello, my name is Cooper Isaacs. Uh, just like the pastor, I am the pastor's son, and so I have the honor and privilege to come up here and speak to you guys this morning. So, thank you, Dad, for letting me come up here to speak. 17 years old, usually if you've been here before, you'll see me up there playing the drum. I guess they let me out of the cage today, so I get to speak to you guys this morning. And uh, I'm 17, I go to Cherokee High School, I play baseball, and so uh, that's why I got the blonde hair, it was a playoff haircut, I'm not that crazy. But uh, um, part of my parents, the biggest con they've probably given me is their height, so I'm pretty short. Um, luckily I have my mom's building, not my dad's, but... Uh, <laughs> But because of that, I'm not going to hit a home run. You know, I got to outwork everybody, got to know the game. Um, so it's caused me to work really hard. And uh, I've had to just, you know, outwork people. And in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, it says this. Well, 1 Timothy is my favorite book, and so I'm glad I get to read it. But it says, have nothing to do with godly myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has all value, holding promise for both the present life and life to come. This is Paul talking to Timothy, and he's talking about training your faith, and I think a lot of times as Christians, and just growing up in church, we think that like once we say the sinner's prayer, like faith is just a one-time thing, and we're good after that, but the reality of it is I think faith is growing mentally and physically. It's a relationship with Jesus, and uh, being in a baseball player and going to high school, you know, I work out, work out with friends, but... I think about when I'm, when I'm benching or whether I'm squatting, like I have to continue to grow. And if I take time off, like the weaker I get. But I think as a Christian, whether it's prayer or worship or reading your Bible, we need to continue to grow in our faith every day. I think the best way to sum it up is we cannot have an intimate relationship with Jesus if we give surface level effort. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trusting in the Lord is a muscle, and you have to work it out. It is something we need to train. 
Life is not easy, and becoming a Christian does not make it easier. However, I do feel, fa- I do feel peace knowing that I'm trusting in God. I'm going into my senior year of high school. Hopefully summer doesn't go too quick because junior year was long. But <laughs> it can be stressful going into my senior year. I got to decide where I'm going to live the next four years, where I'm going to go to college. And I think my mom might be a little bit more stressed out than I am, you know, if I'm going to be close to home or not. But I think faith is just saying, God, I trust in you. I believe in you wherever you want to take me, wherever you want to lead me to college. That's where I want to go. And I, it's not easy, and I don't think it ever will be easy, but I want to leave you with this. When we train and grow our faith and submit to God, our visions, dreams, and goals will be shown as God leads us. Thank you. Hi, I'm Allison Matson, and I have the opportunity to serve upstairs in the Deacons environment every week. So a room full of adults isn't my usual crowd, so just kind of bear with me for the next few minutes. Um, I wanted to start off my time with you guys today by asking you some questions. Uh, The first one is, have you ever been done wrong or hurt by somebody? And I feel like we can all pretty easily agree that at some point in our lives, this has happened. Uh, But my second question and my most important question for my time with you guys today is, how did you react to the seemingly unfair treatment of you? I know for me, there's been times where I kind of just let it roll off my back and I moved on, but there's also been plenty of times where I kind of held on to it and I held a grudge and I became really, really bitter. So I want to share with you guys a story from the Bible where we see a character's bitterness consume him and cause him to stumble into sin. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis 4 today. And to kind of set some context for you guys, this is the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are the sons of Adam and Eve, and they're getting prepared to bring an offering before the Lord. So we're going to start in verse 3. It says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was angry, and his face fell. So here we see that Cain is feeling upset because God was not as accepting of his offering as he was of the offering that his brother Abel brought forth. Our bitterness can come from a feeling that we were uh, treated mis- mis- mistreated or treated unfairly. And we also see that we can be bitter towards a friend, a family member, a stranger, or we can even be bitter towards God. So then I want to pick back up in verses 6 through 7. It says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So here we see that God is quite literally warning Cain that if he allows this bitterness and this frustration to consume him, it will cause him to stumble into sin. Later on in the story, pretty much the next verse, we do see that Cain does succumb to this bitterness, and he ends up killing his own brother Abel. Your bitterness is not only going to affect you, it's going to hurt the people around you. Cain's bitterness caused him to kill his brother, in turn hurting his parents and ultimately causing him to stumble, uh, go against God. I just graduated college, and thank you. Um, and when I was in college, I walked through some really difficult things, and I went through some really hard things, and I was really, really hurt by people I truly cared about and trusted. And I held on to this bitterness and this anger towards these people for so, so long. And it just made me an extremely bitter person. And I was hurting the people around me because I was just so full of anger and frustration. But it wasn't until I heard this quote. And the quote says, if you don't heal what hurt you, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. Cain's anger and bitterness caused him to bleed on the people around him. He killed his brother. He went against his parents and he went against God. That's not the end of the story, though, because although Cain would wander the earth as a punishment for what he had done, he ultimately 
was still extended grace and mercy because God promised him that he would not be killed for what he did, which was killing his brother. God was so, so gracious towards Cain even after everything he did, and God is still gracious towards me and you. My challenge for you guys today to wrap it up is I want you to identify that grudge that you're holding or that bitterness that you're still holding on to in your lives and just lay it at the feet of the Lord and ask him to deliver you from it. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Ken Summers. My wife Debbie and I have been part of Generations Church since last fall. This morning I want to share with you a little bit about staying free. In 1866, one year after the Civil War had ended, a group of freed slaves in Charleston, South Carolina held a solemn occasion to remember the lives of those who died to win their freedom. That event and several others, including one that happened in Columbus, Georgia here shortly after the Civil War, gave birth to what our modern day Memorial Day is all about. It's a time when those of us who have experienced political freedom reflect upon the sacrifice of the lives of those who won our freedom. And then I think of and consider those of us who have been freed from the bondage of sin and death. When we partake of communion, it is a solemn remembrance of the sacrifice of Christ who died for us that we might be forgiven and have eternal life. But what I want to challenge you with today is this. It's one thing to be free. It's another thing to stay free. Why is that? It's because sin, destructive habits, negative thought patterns tend to have, are like gravity. They tend to have a downward pull, pull on our lives. That's why Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free. You see, these learned patterns and behaviors are sometimes difficult to overcome. We want to return to what is comfortable, what is natural, what we know. Consider the children of Israel. They left the bondage of Egypt, but as soon as things got difficult on the journey to their promised land, what happened? They wanted to return to Egypt. I think of the beginning of the fight for independence of our country. There were many Americans who were British loyalists. The idea of sacrifice to gain freedom, that cost, they weighed it and they said, you know, that's too great. You know, maybe King George isn't that bad of a guy after all. You know, the prisoner released from years of incarceration will oftentimes find himself struggling to live free. You see, staying free involves diligence, focus, and the right perspective. We are to live not by that which is natural to us, but we are to live by that which is supernatural. So how do you stay free? I encourage you to stay free by embracing a new you. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life 
is gone, and the new life has begun. In Galatians 2.20, Paul writes to them, and he says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ, you know, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then I encourage you to experience a, a new view uh, of your life, a, a new mind. Uh, how do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as, as one who is a victim or a victor? As one who can't or one who can? Uh, Romans 6.11, Paul says uh, that we are to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know what God's good, perfect, and acceptable will is. You see, the Holy Spirit enables us to think and act differently. And then encourage others in beneficial relationships. Community is important. It's part of the DNA here at Generations Church. That's why you hear about G groups. That's why you have an opportunity for you to receive prayer for needs at, on every service. That's why we say reach out to another, establish friendships with each other. Some who have started a new walk with God, you know, the reality is you need a new playpen and you need new playmates. You can't fly with the turkeys while you're living among, you can't fly with the eagles while you're living among the turkeys, right? And so encourage each other. So how do you stay free? You embrace the new you, experience a new mind, encourage others in beneficial relationships. Don't take your freedom for granted. Be focused, be diligent, and stay free. Hey, one more time, can we give a hand to all five of our speakers? What a great collection of stories and a great collection of speakers today. And what I always love is I love how, even though we don't ask them to do this specifically, we do ask them to submit it ahead of time, and uh, we don't necessarily make them change anything they're going to say in, in their topics. They always seem to fit together. And so if you start thinking about all of the various things that you just heard, you heard somebody share their personal testimony and say, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus. Well, you, you can encounter Jesus for yourself. And then, then you heard somebody say, hey, once you've encountered Jesus, you recognize you don't measure up. There's no way for you to meet the standard that Jesus set for himself. And so it requires of us to recognize our need for him in our daily life, which is what we heard next, where it says you got to continue to train and, and work yourself into more of a godly relationship with him. And so you got to continue to work through prayer and Bible reading and worship and all of these various things, not so that you get a checklist, but so that you say, hey, I'm growing in relationship with God. And then you said, hey, while you're walking with God, you may experience some things that still hurt you. And when it hurts you, you have an opportunity to choose how you're going to respond are you going to hold on to bitterness? Or are you going to just live in grace and release that to others? And that's really where you experience the kind of freedom that Christ desires for all of us. What an incredible narrative that we just heard from five individuals who did not work together, but helped to present such a seamless piece of the gospel. And here's how I want to conclude today. 
you didn't take the stage perhaps, but you also have a story to tell. I started just a few minutes ago and I said to you, you have a Jesus story or you're a Jesus story in the making. And so the question is, are you prepared to share that story? If I came up to you today and said, hey, you got six days, next Sunday, you're on. Some of you would leave our church forever, right? You'd be like, I'm not coming back. I just ain't that kind of church. I'm not that kind of person, but that's okay. You don't have to share next week. I'll do it. But what if somebody on your job tomorrow said, hey, can you tell me about your Jesus? Are you prepared to answer that type of question? If somebody walked up to you this week and said, hey, I, I know you've been hurt. I walked with you. How did you not stay bitter? Could you share with them what God has done in and through your life to allow you to respond that way? If somebody talked to you about the freedom that you've experienced or that you're pursuing, like, could you share with them maybe some of these scriptures or others? Well, we just gave you a cheat sheet. Mark those down. Go back and watch it later and steal some of those scriptures to be able to share. You have a story to tell. And one of the scriptures that you just heard just a few minutes ago from Bryn is that you got to be ready in season and out of season. You got to be ready on Sunday and Monday and Thursday and Saturday and in May and June and July because you just never know when God may bring someone down your path to cross with your life and they need you to help expose them to the gospel. It's, it's not just that we gather together on Sunday to come and sit together and fellowship and worship and hear someone to, else to speak. It is that each of us are in a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our heart for you. That's our desire, that you would know God and you would find community, that you would discover your purpose and that you would make a difference. And one of the ways that you do that is that you become prepared to share the story that is being written in and through your life. And so my encouragement to you as we pray is that you would say this simple prayer, God, help me to get comfortable enough to share my story with someone that you bring to my life. And that's a challenging thing to pray because I believe as soon as you pray it, God's gonna send somebody your way and you go, well, I'm not praying it then, right? <laughs> but I encourage you, pray that prayer and ask God to open the opportunities, the doors of opportunity for someone to come your way in the next few hours, the next few days, the next few weeks, the next few months, where you would have the chance to share the gospel that is being written in and through your life. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment before we conclude our time together today. If you came today and beyond any of the stories that we're talking about, any of the specific things that we're talking about, if you know, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I'm one of those Jesus stories in the making because I'm not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we would love the opportunity today to lead you into that relationship. I can't save you. I would love to. I can't save you. I can only point you to a Jesus that can. And so if that's you today with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, hey, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior and I would love to change my eternity forever, would you just lift your hand right now? I want to pray for you. You can put it right down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Several hands today. If you're watching online, I encourage you, email us at prayer at g.church. Let us know you're making that decision so we can follow up and help you as you take a next step. If you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, it's not necessarily salvation, but I want to be able to share my story with someone in my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. A number of hands today. God, we just thank you for that. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you today for everything that we've heard. We thank you for a time of worship and a time of fellowship. God, we thank you that on this weekend, we do get to gather together with the freedom to worship. God, let us never take that for granted. And so Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to walk in that freedom that's available to us and to gather together and not to forsake that opportunity every chance that we can. And God, I pray now for every hand that was lifted and every person that maybe is watching online 
that needs to experience the freedom from sin. They need to experience forgiveness and salvation, this free gift that comes from you. And so God, we ask you now as they've made that that admission, Lord, that you would respond to them, forgive their sins, be the Lord of their life. Help us as a church community to walk with them in this newness of relationship with you. And God, I pray now for every hand that was lifted, for every person that says, hey, I, I wanna be able to share my story. God, would you help them to have the courage and the boldness? Would you help them as they're driving down the road or maybe they're in their home or maybe they're going to lunch today to even begin thinking about how would I even share it? What is my story? What are the things that you've done in and through me that I could share? And so God, I pray that you would help us to do that. And I pray that lives would be changed on the other side of those conversations, that perhaps it leads to an invitation to a place like this, whether it's here or someone else, or somewhere else. But God, beyond that, that each of us would have the opportunity at some point in our life to lead someone into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so God, we thank you for that. And God, as we close our time together today, we pray for the families in Texas that have experienced such incredible heartache and pain this week. God, it's so many different people have so many different opinions and there's a lot of things that could be said and could be done, but right now we just do what your word tells us and we grieve with those who grieve. We mourn with those who mourn. And God, we cling to the words of scripture that tells us that you are close to the brokenhearted. And beyond anything else, we pray your comfort would be with those who are brokenhearted today. God, I pray for those that even as they hear the story, it brings up emotion and it revisits trauma in their own life. And so God, would you give a peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would help us as followers of Jesus Christ, not to get pulled into the fray of the left and the right and all of the various things that may be presented right now, but that you would help us to keep our eyes, to seek first the kingdom of God, and that all of the rest of these things would fall by the wayside as we pursue with our lives and our hearts what your kingdom is about. And that God, you would let us love well, that you would let us represent you well in word and deed. And that God, between the believers of this earth in this present day, while you have us here in this place, that God, you would let us make a tangible difference in this community, in this nation, and in this world, as we seek you with all of our hearts, as we join together, arm to arm, hand to hand, shoulder to shoulder, and that God, we would point people who may be living in the darkness to the eternal light of Jesus Christ through the way that we live, the way that we love, the way that we lead our lives. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.